Hey, you're so welcome to Open Arms Church. My name is Sean Booth and the pastor here. And, you know, we're continuing on the series that we kicked off last week, Reignite. And that's our theme for the year, to reignite. To ignite is to set it on fire. To reignite is to set it on fire again. It is to burn again. The definition is to give fresh life or new energy. And I don't know about you, but I need fresh life. I need new energy. In fact, I could say that that nearly every single one of us need this. And we are praying that Jesus would stir up the fire within us, that he would stoke the embers of our faith, that a fresh fire may arise. It may be reignited. Maybe for some of you is to reignite the fire that's within you, reignite your faith, reignite your love for Jesus. And today I want to look at this further and look at this scripture found in Isaiah chapter 40 verses 27 to 31. If you want to turn with me in there, also the scripture is going to be uh, on the screen. And we see it begins in verse 27. This is the Lord speaking through his prophet saying, why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary in his understanding. No one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, may you be one of these, one who hopes in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. The title of my message today is Reignite Your Purpose. I believe that it's time to run again, to run and not grow weary, to run and go after God, to pursue Him with all that you have, believing that He will reignite your purpose, the call of God that's on your life, that He will give you a fresh anointing and authority, the responsibility that you carry, that you will go after the purposes of God. Let me pray for you today as we're now going to transition in and tune into our our Dublin location and the sermon where I'm preaching. But I want to pray for every single person right now as we hear your word, as we hear from you. God, I pray that you would speak to us, you would stir up our heart, you would reignite our purpose, and that we will be people who hope in the Lord and run again. In Jesus' name, amen. This book in the Bible, Isaiah, if you were to read um, and look at a very quick overview of the Bible, theologically, there's the Old Testament, there's the New Testament, and within the Old Testament, which Isaiah is found in, you've got um, the first five books of the Bible, uh, Genesis, Deuteronomy, Exodus, Numbers, Joshua, and then you go into the to more of a storyboard like First uh, and Second Kings, First and Second Samuel, Judges, and all these things that's happening in the world and happening through the nation of Israel. And then what we have, and really the, we got Psalms and Proverbs, but a lot of the Old Testament is made up of what's known as the major prophets and the minor prophets. That means that the major books and the minor books. And so many scholars and theologians, as they dissect the book of Isaiah, they actually break it up to believe that from chapters 1 to 39 was written by the prophet Isaiah. 
But what happens in the nation of Israel at that time from chapter 39 to chapter 40 is the Bible is both a, a book of history and a journey of seeing from God's creation through to the people who live with God and disobey God and obey God and the journey we go on. And then we see Jesus appears and really begins a new journey of faith by placing our faith in Jesus. But God would use prophets like Isaiah to speak through his mouthpieces. Just like today is a sermon, a preach, is it's really me as a mouthpiece, what I believe, hearing from God, studying and bringing that to build up the church. And so from chapter 39 to chapter 40, they actually believe that the prophet who wrote books, the chapters from 40 to 55, he was an anonymous prophet, an unknown, unnamed prophet, who was at the time in captivity in Babylon, along with the nation of Israel. And so what that means is that we see from chapters 1 to 39, Isaiah is prophesying forth what will come. And then chapters 40 to 55 is them in the middle of what's going on. In fact, they're more than in the middle. They're more near the end of what they're going through. You see, as you read the first number of books of the Bible, and it is difficult. If you started the Bible in the year, Get ready from some really difficult reading as you're reading through these laws and the commands. And, you know, sometimes we may think it's, you know, not important to skip over. But, but what was really important about this is God setting the way to how to live. And one of the commands he gives his nation, Israel, is he, he, we see that the, the nation is in a journey of going to this land. And they occupy the land is now known as modern Israel. And the land is crucially important because God says that once every seven years, you are to have a Sabbath year. That means that you cannot plow the fields, you cannot reap the harvest. In fact, you are to allow the land to rest. The reason for this was that the soil to be refreshed because the fruit of the harvest that will come will be plenty and the people will be replenished. But what happened at this time is the nation of Israel had disobeyed God and for over 400 years had not taken a Sabbath rest. And so the prophet Jeremiah, before this scripture that we've just read in Jeremiah chapter 25, he prophesies to the people that if you do not obey God's command, what he's going to do is that he's going to use the, the people of Babylon, which was the superpower of their day. He's going to use Babylon to take you into captive to bring you into exile, taking you out of the land, to bring you into a foreign land where you will be slaves so that the land may rest for 70 years to catch up on the Sabbath rest. Now, all of us go, that's kind of harsh, right? Isn't it? It's a bit, it's a bit harsh, a bit crazy, but, but it falls directly in line with God's word. See, God, there's not an Old Testament God who was a little bit angry, there's, or there's this New Testament God, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And see, God's commands for us, they are important because they do not determine his love for us, right? We've, once he sent his son, Jesus Christ, and we place our faith in him, we are saved once for all. Once we have a relationship with him, we receive salvation through faith in Jesus. By his grace alone are we saved. And he loves us unconditionally. But he gives us his commands that once we obey his commands, we will experience his blessing. He says it time and time again in scripture, over and over and over again. But when we disobey his commands, 
there are consequences. As a parent loves a child, you know, there are consequences. Many may have seen in the first service, my son Levi was sitting here in the front row throughout the whole service. Why? Because that was his consequence <laughs> for his actions. You're not getting to go to kids' church today or play. You're going to sit down and you are going to listen. Because I love you so much, there are consequences if you actually so you learn, so that you learn that in life that there is lessons to life. And, you know, for instance, the command by God is to, you know, one of the Ten Commandments is to follow the Sabbath. What is the Sabbath? It's a day of rest. Why does he say this? Because if you don't take a day of rest, you'll grow tired and weary and stressed and burned out and you will deteriorate. He says... For instance, one of his commands is that to worship success, the God of money. We see today the new gods that we have is the God of success, the God of money, the God of pursuit and fulfilling all of my selfish desires, the God of entertainment. And oftentimes we worship those things above God. What happens? We'll miss out on what God has for us. You know, he, some of his commands is like, do not harbor bitterness, but forgive. Do not steal from others. Do not envy your neighbor and live without envy or jealousy. But in fact, when you actually follow his commands, you experience more of God, his favor, his blessing, and the joy of the Lord within your life. And so we see at this place in chapter 40, the Israelites, they've lost their hope of ever returning to the land of Judah, which is now modern Israel. They've lost their hope. They begin thinking, this is the way it's always going to be. They adopt a defeatist mentality. They think that this is it. I'm always going to be captive. I'm never going to live in freedom. I'm always going to be this way. And they're asking the question, when will the Lord deliver us? And so after a great time of silence, the Lord speaks through this prophet. And he speaks to comfort his people. He speaks to answer the question, when will the Lord deliver us? And he says in verse 27, he begins, Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, that my way is hidden from the Lord? Some translations, my way is my journey, my path, my purpose. He says that my cause is disregarded by my God. My rights are not being met. My needs are not being met. My prayers are not being answered. How many of us have come to a place where we've maybe asked the question and said the statement, God doesn't see my troubles. God does not hear me. God does not have any regard for me or my way or my cause. What happened, you know, if we were all to be honest, in this season, it's caused for so many of us to be more unsure, unclear, uncertain about who we are, our future, and what we're supposed to do. You know, in the world today, there's more confusion and anxiety and fear and worry than ever before. So many people are not just uncertain and having an identity crisis, but they just don't know, what am I supposed to do? It feels like, you know, as Christians, we use different language, like, it feels like my way is hidden from God. It feels like I don't know my purpose anymore. It feels like I'm not receiving that clarity and direction from God. 
It feels like my, an- my prayers are not being answered. My dreams are not being fulfilled. It can just feel at times that we're walking through this life in a difficult path and we're not seeing anything happen. And we, what we do is we, we read God's response to this very question, this very complaint, this very way of feeling in verse 28. He says these words, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. You see, God always responds with who he is. God always responds with his nature and his character. Why? Because we must understand who God is so that we can understand how he operates. We need to understand and know who God is before we experience what he can do and what he can do in our lives. And here what we see is some really key theological points that describes who God is. The Lord is, it says, omnipotent. It's a theological word, omnipotent. Here we see the everlasting God. He is the all-powerful one, the one who holds lasting powers, constant and never changing. It says the Lord is creator. He's the creator of all the ends of the earth. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the creator of all things. He's the creator of you. He is your creator. The Lord is all-powerful. That means that he will not grow tired or weary. He is stronger and more powerful than any other God. Anything you face, anything you come up against, any difficulty you have, he is more powerful. The Lord is omniscient. As it says that his understanding no one can fathom. He is unsearchable, unmeasurable. He is infinite. He is all-knowing. God is here right now in this moment. God is here. He is present. He knows how you feel. He knows what you think. He knows what you're planning and preparing. He knows your yesterday, your today, and your forever. You see, it's important that we always come back to who he is because he will always respond to us with who he is, with his character and his nature. And then the prophet declares what the Lord is prepared to do in verse 29. It says, he gives strength to the weary. He gives you the ability to overcome what you're going through. He energizes the tired and the weary, and he increases the power of the weak. What does that mean? He empowers the powerless. He heals the afflicted. He comforts those who are beaten down, beaten up, feeling downtrodden. He's there to give power to the weak. Verse 30, even youths, grow tired and weary, young men stumble and fall. This is the young, the vibrant, the successful. This is the people, the way of living that the world celebrates and puts on a pedestal. And all of us think that we've got to be like this. But God says, you may have everything that you could ever want and be held in high esteem in that way, but if you do not have God, you will grow weary and tired. You will stumble. Success, it will not. You may be seen to be successful, but without God, your success, it will not last. This is in contrast to all of this in verse 31. It says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. 
those who hope in the Lord. And I believe that the Lord is calling us to place our hope in him again, to believe in him again, to trust in his timing, to to rely on him again, depend on him again, to, to come back to be completely focused on him again. Why? Because his presence and the fulfillment of his promises are worth waiting for. Rather you wait for God and go ahead on your own without him. You come back to placing your hope in him again. Saying, I'm going to believe again. I'm going to trust again. I'm going to have faith again because I believe the Lord is calling us to rely on him. You see, what happens, just like we've been reading and hearing about the context of the Israelites, many of them thinking, we'll never return to the land of Judah. This is the way it has always been, and it will always be. This is the way life is. I'll take two steps forward. I'll be 10 steps back. Anyone ever feel like that? Feel like stuck in a rut? Just like when I get going, it feels like something's knocking me back again. Just when I start to build momentum in my life, it's like another crisis happens. Those who place their hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Maybe you've been out of place where you've feeling like, you know what, I'm just going to give up on believing this. Maybe it's been for a partner who you'd be able to spend the rest of your life with. Maybe it's to finally have a house that will become your home. You know, that's mine. Maybe it's to finally get that promotion or that new place within your career that you've been working so hard and so long for. Maybe it's to receive finally the healing from the constant pain, whether physically or emotionally. Maybe it's just to finally get the direction and the guidance in in the midst of just complete confusion that you're desiring after. Maybe it's to finally receive provision, you know? Actually have some margin in your life, have some breathing in your life financially that you feels like you've always had lack and you're like, God, when will I actually experience more? Believe that God is calling us to to hope again because those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength that you would reignite your purpose and the purpose that God has for you, that it's time to run again. It's time to live again. It's time to go after God, believing in him, believing what he's saying, believing in the things that you are going to see in your life. You believe it with faith. You do not just say it with your words, but you walk it out with your steps. I'm hoping again. I'm believing again. I'm going to have that faith restored in me that's confident because God has said that he's got greater for me. It's time to run again. What we see in this last verse, it paints the picture of a people who place their hope in God. A people who are not focused on their creation, their youthfulness, their prowess, their ability, their intelligence, but a people who are focused on their creator. A people who have a purpose, a calling, a people who have a vision for their life. This is where I'm going, and if it kills me, I'm going there regardless, because that's where God is calling me to. He says, the people, you see, a people who place their hope in the Lord, it says in verse 31, that they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. As I've been studying this and looking at this scripture, I believe that there is 
seasons within our life where we'll soar, walk, run. Some of us may have or are experiencing seasons of soaring, multiplication, exponential growth, where you may have spent years building and grafting and grinding and working, and you finally get to that place where it's like something happens. And you look back and you say, wow, something's changed. Something's different. I'm in a completely different place. I'm a completely different person. Wow, when you have that moment, I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a leader now. I've got responsibility. I finally got a house. I finally got this job that I've been desiring and dreaming for. It's when you actually experience it where you feel like you soar in such a way that swiftly and strongly. And then there are seasons of, of walking. To walk is to really to take a breath, to breathe in life. When you walk, you can you know, be aware and enjoy your surroundings. It's when you can smell the roses. You can be present and aware. To, to walk oftentimes is, can be in a, a season of transition, a season of rest and restoration, a season where you just, I'm not really doing anything as such or stepping into anything new. I'm just, I'm waiting on the Lord. I, I'm, I'm being restored, maybe coming out of a traumatic or busy season or a difficult time, and I need to walk with the Lord. I... I I was thinking about my own, own life and own walk, and I, I don't know about you, but I, I keep journals. I love to just, not every day, but, but just like if there's something happening, I like to just process analytically and just write things out. In fact, that's how I pray to God, so I spend my quiet time, and I pray, I say, God, will you speak to me? And I write down what I sense him saying, because I love to look back, and I took out one of my journals from 2016. It was January, February 2016. And I was just reading God's words that he was speaking to me and it was brought us into a season of walking. Very busy, hard, difficult time and God brought us into a season of walking. I was 28 years old, had one child, <laughs> one on the way, living in a small apartment with my wife Jill in, in the city and we were in this new role as the assistant pastors of St. Catharines and, you know, not much responsibility, not, not great, you know, things carrying, but... But really, it was a time of walking and just hearing from God. And we were planning to plant here in, in Dublin. And we were planning to get ready. And we were just, you know, hearing from God, had dreams and desires. I mean, built up. it was just a season of walking. And then in a short space of time, it was like entering into a season of, of soaring, where now we've got four kids. Now we've got, you know, we're living in a, in a great home in South Dublin, planted a church, gone through a pandemic, leading an incredible church. And it's like, Wow. Looking back, it's like God fulfilled those dreams and those desires. And it was like going from walking to flying, soaring, going so fast. It's like so many things are happening at the same time. And so we all have these times in our life to soar, to walk. But what the really the word that I believe that God has for us today and the word that he's been speaking to me for us as the pastor. And, and as I say this, you've got to be sensitive in your own walk with God, what he's saying to you, maybe he's calling you to walk, maybe he's calling you to believe, to soar, to dream again. Or, but what I really sense is that it's time to run again. It's time to enter into a season of running. 
of not just walking gracefully, but running with faith. You see, many of us, maybe we have come out of a season of soaring and we're struggling to let go of it. We're reminiscing about the past so much so where we're so nostalgic. What happens? You accentuate the past. You accentuate those moments and those memories and you struggle to live in today because you're comparing them constantly. What it was like then. What, what, what size I was back then before COVID, yeah? You know, I had hair back then, maybe some say. You know, whatever it was, my kids were young then. It wasn't it great. And you're so high up, you're struggling to come back down again. Maybe it's been in a season of walking, but you've grown almost lethargic. You've grown almost content and comfortable. And God's calling you to run again. You see, to run, actually the actual definition, you can read this later, is is to move faster than a walk, which I think is the most ridiculous definition. <laughs> to move faster, well, that's a bit obvious. It's to move at speed faster than a walk. To run is to move with purpose. To move with purpose. To move with an intentional direction. It's to move with the speed faster than a walk. Listen, it's not to move out of breath and kill yourself, but it's to Fill your lungs with oxygen. It is to fill your lungs with the joy of the Lord as your strength. It's to fill your lungs with the praise that you have for God, that the glory that you, you bring to Him, not on yourself. It is to run and walk in such a way according to the pace of the grace that God's given you for your season. You see, to run is to stride and not strive. Sometimes it's to go slower than you'd like. My, my brother-in-law, he's, he's running, long-distance runner, 60, 70, 80 kilometers. I, I could never run with them, but when you, if you were to ever run with them, you will be shocked at how slow he goes. Just really slow. Nice pace. Why? Because if you want to go the distance, you've got to go slower than you'd like. You've you, you got to go at the pace of the grace that God has for you. Now i got four kids. I can't run like I did. i got to change how I do things. Why? Because I've got a responsibility. There's some things that you won't be able to do. So you've got to hear from God what it looks like to run your race according to the grace that he's given you, according to the calling, the purpose, and the direction. What I've learned about running is that if you set out with a sprint, you may succeed and go fast, but you won't sustain. Got to go according to the pace that he set before you. And I've had many moments, and I'm sure you've had the same, where I've run ahead of God and he's had to pull me right back. You ever experienced that? Just recently, I, I, I had this constant stress and weariness. Like just where you wake up tired. You have those moments, it's like where you wake up and you can't wait to go back to bed, right? It was just, just that weariness. It was different from a down or depression. It was a stress. It was a weariness. And I, I was like, something's not right. So I'm sure you, like me, I, I get to a place, right, I'm going to find out what's wrong. So 
you know, focus on things like sleep and diet and exercise, get those things right then, make sure the needs of my family are met, okay, there's good, my marriage is good, my, my children are good, okay, discover, actually meet someone, see where I am mentally, emotionally, okay, I'm good. And I got to the place where I was able to pinpoint exactly what was wrong. And what was wrong was that I was running way ahead of God than what he, he wanted me to. I was trying to get done at a pace that was never according to his purpose. I was trying to accomplish everything, do everything. We need to go faster. We need to go more. This is what happened. What does God do in that moment? He pulls you right back. He restricts you. He restrains you. Why? For your benefit. You see, weakness and weariness is signs that something is not right. Something is not right. And you need to ask God the question, am I running too fast? Am I going too fast that God's given me? And in the breath, therefore, I might not be running according to the pace that God's given me. And then the, the answer is not always to stop running. Meet so many Christians and people, they always make that decision. They take themselves out. And all of a sudden, they've gone from church, gone from community, gone from their purpose, gone and have stepped right back. But Oftentimes, it's to come back and to run according to the purpose that God has given. Not the purpose that someone else expects of you. Not the purpose that you think you should be. Not the purpose according to this season of what someone else is going through, but according to your purpose, reigniting your purpose. Time to run again, but to run the pace that he has set before you. And what is so important, if there's one thing that you can hear and only hear and take away today, your ability to run is not based on your youth. It's not based on your energy. It's not based on your authority, your intelligence. It's not based on your capabilities and how good you are. Your ability to run is and will always only be based on your ability to hope in the Lord. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will make it to the end. They will fulfill the calling that God has given them. Why? Because I hope in the Lord. All of me. Not just one area, all of me. I hope in Him. I surrender to Him. I trust in Him. I believe in Him. I lean on Him. I depend on Him. He is everything and all things that are in Him and before Him and through Him that go before Him for my life. I hope in the Lord. If there's one thing I do, I hope in the Lord. I hope in the Lord. When we're going through this pandemic, everybody's saying, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. No, I hope in the Lord. As we come out of the pandemic, some say, now this is going to happen. Now this is going to happen. You can be led by fear or you can hope in the Lord. Hope in the Lord. Hope in the Lord and you will renew your strength. That it's time to run again. It's time to run again. I'm going to invite the worship team back up. And I want to speak to really some people we're in with, within certain seasons because we're all going through something, aren't we? Ecclesiastes chapter 2 says that there is a time and there is a season for everything under the sun. There's a time for sowing and there's a time for reaping. There's a time for mourning and there's a time for celebration. We've got to, with 
with our relationship with God, be able to discern the season that he has for us and the time that he has for us. But really what I felt in my time of prayer and study is that there's some of you and you've been so high up in the clouds that you need to come back to the ground again. There's some of you where you've been so up here and thinking and dreaming and living out or maybe come out of that season and God wants to bring you right back down. Because what is happening in your walk, you've missed out on some of the fundamentals that you've skipped over. Because what can happen in this place is we become so aspirational in our thinking that we forget about the foundations, the disciplines, the daily time with God. That it's time, rather than always being determined and driven to soar, where God wants to bring you back just to run at a new pace with Him. That you may even have been experiencing these great times in your life and you look back at those moments and you're comparing is to remove those moments because God has got greater for you. The best is yet to come for you and your family and your marriage and your career and your walk and these greater, these days ahead of you can be some of the greatest days where the moments and the memories that you have, you look back on them when you come to the end of your days without regret because I left it all there and then I'm not dreaming and so high up that I forgot to be here. And then there's some of you where you've become so content and comfortable your walk has become a crawl. And it's been enjoyable, it's been pleasurable, it's been nice to be in that season. But what's happened is your faith has become lethargic. Your faith has been one that you can describe, but not one that you're experiencing. And, and it's time to go from a walk to a slow jog to a run. It's time to stride with him again. It, it's time to actually to take action, to step out, to live in faith, to believe with him again, to, to come to a place in believing that you've catched your breath, okay? That, that the restoration that you've experienced is great, but it's for a purpose. Because what happens when we breathe in, when we hold that in, you'll suffocate and die. When, when you, it's just you and Jesus, and you and having a great time, and you and I'm walking with God, and this is great. No, he's called you for a purpose to actually to breathe out to serve, to love others, to pour out from within you to others, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to not just walk it out, but to run at such a pace that you will run the race that God has given you. It's time to run again. The final group of people that I want to speak to today is those of you who are running, but you're running and you're out of breath. You know, to run is to stride and not strive. If you're experiencing a sense of weakness or weariness, it's a sign that something is not right. It, it may mean that you're running too fast. You're going too hard. 
You, you may say, you know, it's because of what God has called me to do. You may say it's because of what I have to do or this is who I am. But at the same time, when you still are experiencing that weariness that goes beyond even getting full sleep, eating well, all those things, but there's something dragging you down. It's a sign that you're, you're out of breath because you're running too far too fast. And the Lord is just pulling you back. You know, I really want to encourage you because, you know, in this last um, 30 years that I've been in church and the last 15 years that I've been in ministry, I've experienced so many men and women when they have become fatigued, maybe doing great things for God, but they've like running so hard, they become tired. What happens? Sin is knocking at their door, waiting for them to get so tired and wearisome and burdensome and stressed and waiting for when that moment comes in and sin pounces at the door. We experience temptation in such a way and those men and women, they're not running anymore. So many I've seen who've been running the race but have not been able to finish it because they ran too hard too fast. I want to encourage you. The goal is to finish the race. The goal is to complete what the purpose that God has given you. And he says that he will finish his work and his calling to its completion. So I want to encourage you, trust in the Lord. Maybe you need to pull back. Maybe you need to slow down. Maybe you need to catch your breath. Maybe as you continue to run, you need to come back to the pace of the grace of God. You need to run slowly and not out of breath. Let me pray for each of you in the categories that I've been talking about, where you are, the situation that you're in, the season that you're in right now. Lord, I just pray for those those who may have coming out of a season of soaring, God, I pray that you would help them just come back to earth. Lord, begin speaking to them again, experiencing new memories, new moments, just new experiences with you where the Holy Spirit touches their heart, their mind, and their soul. Lord, I pray for those who are walking and struggling to get going again. Maybe you've grown lethargic or comfortable or content. God, I pray for them right now in this moment that you would stir up their hearts, that you would get them going, that you begin placing dreams and desires and people in their circle who would bring about opportunity. And God, I pray for those who are running and they're out of breath. Lord, I pray that you would restore them, renew them, speak to their heart, bring peace into their lives where there may feel like there's confusion and storms on either side, but they keep faithfully running. God, I pray that you would, your grace would be poured out upon them and that you would just give them the wisdom and discernment in the decisions that they make every single day. And finally, for those of you who have never placed your full hope in the Lord, I want to give you an opportunity to place your faith in Jesus, to hope in Him above all else, above everyone else, to hope in Jesus Christ. You know, John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, Jesus, so that we would be saved. I want to encourage you today, place your hope in Jesus. Maybe, maybe you're at a place where you've been a Christian, you've followed God, but you've found uh, that you've not been placing your full hope in Him. I want to encourage you, recommit your life to Jesus. And I want to pray a very simple and short prayer with you. If you just close your eyes or pray this under your breath and in your heart and just pray with me, Jesus, I give you my life. I am a sinner and I need your forgiveness. By your grace, I believe that I am saved, that I am set free, and I am forgiven in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Hey, if you're making that prayer for the very first time or recommitting to Him, I want you to know the angels in heaven are celebrating. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. This is a great day because you are placing your full hope in the Lord Jesus Christ and He will renew your strength. He will help you to run again. I want to encourage you. We'd love to help you as a church, as a community. We'd love you to go to openarms.ie in our section, Get Connected. You'll see a very simple Connect card. We'd love you to fill that out. Tick the box and committing my life to Jesus. And we want to invite you to what we call Next Steps. It's a once a month online Zoom with myself and some of our team where we just share a little bit about the vision and story of our church. But more importantly, hear about your story. Hear how we may help plug you into the church and help you on this journey. It will be a journey where you continue to grow in your hope in the Lord and grow in your relationship with Jesus. As we finish today and we get ready to worship one final song, let me pray for you. I pray may the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you and give you His peace. In Jesus' name, amen.